Good morning and welcome to Summer Breakfast. It's Thursday the 25th of January. For those listening on SEN 1170 here in Sydney, uh, we fill the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the first hour, we welcome you listening on SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane. Patton Heels will be along from 6 AM Queensland time. If you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network, good morning to you. MC, welcome Michael Karianis, uh, big day yesterday, big bash final overnight. Did you catch all of the game? Obviously, we had to be up early. Yeah, good morning, Miss. I caught a, a bit of it. I caught all of um, the Heat's innings and then a little bit of the Sixers before I um, went to bed. And, you know, Hills is actually in here this morning. We just saw him. And yeah. he's beaming. He's got his Brisbane Heat polo shirt on and with a big smile on his face, looking not too bad. Um, I thought he might have come straight from... Uh, big bash celebrations, but no, he's <laughs> behaved himself. He's ready to go for you Queensland listeners, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, another victory for these dirty Queenslanders. <laughs> yeah. They just take everything from us, it's don't they? It's a little bit frustrating, but um, what did you make of it? Uh, I watched the Brisbane Heat innings. They saved it towards the end there. Mm. So at the sort of 15 over mark, even slightly earlier, the 12 over mark, I was thinking this is going to be a walk in the park yeah. for the Sixers. Um, Heels just said then maybe the wicket was doing a little bit more than um, it was suggested during the call on TV. Um, but yeah, another one for the Queenslanders. Frustrating. Frustrating. Hey, uh, what did you get up to yesterday? Uh, not too much. It was a, a still on holidays, which is good. So I got out of here, went home and did the lawns, got a haircut. Productive went for, day. Went for a walk with a dog. Yep. And it was interesting. There's a... At, at the end of my street, there's a, a, a sign up, um, a guy that's put a sign up on the corner saying, if your dog poops, you scoop. Because yeah, obviously there's there's a bit of an issue there. With... Well, there's an issue in your area. No, well, actually, there, it's a bit yuck. Yeah, there's, okay. a, there's, a, there's a bit. There's a bit. And, you know, I'll walk around now. You've got the the lead with the um, plastic bags attached now to it. Yeah. Which Most is, people have got that. Yeah, it's not hard. Like little right? bone the little, shape yeah. with the, yeah. How easy is it? So now, easy. It, it is so easy, but... There's a bit of drama in Italy, in northern Italy. I saw, I just stumbled across this story where now dog owners must pay 65 euros, right? Which is for dogs' DNA to be stored and then tested um, if your dog leaves poo on the footpath or a park or whatever the case may be. So mm. the council or, or whoever can now. Um, test um, the DNA of that poo, and then they'll fine you um, between three hundred and a thousand pounds, a euro. Sorry. Wow, which is what double for a AED, so six hundred to two grand. Yeah, it's a fair whack. Bolzano in northern Italy. Mm. That must be a pretty highbrow area. Has I to would be. Suggest. I'm going to do. A, I'm going to have to do some Google imaging of Bolzano. I've never heard of it, but median house price. I reckon. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Northern Italy. I don't know. Um, how much would you buy a house there for? Well, <laughs> if I win the Powerball, which is on tonight, we'll talk about that in a second. So uh, you always pick up after your dog. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. What about, and it's, it's a couple of times um, it gets awkward, right? Because sometimes those bags, you run out. Because my yeah. dog can do two in two a walk. Two a walk? Yeah, he's a, he's a weirdo, right? Yeah, okay. Two in a walk, and then sometimes you run out, and I've occasionally had to use the local paper in people's driveways. Yeah, yeah, they come yeah, wrapped yeah. up in a plastic bag and I'll have yeah. to, I'll, I'll, I'll 
steal the. Lo- I used to work at that local paper, so <laughs> I feel like I've got some sort of right to to steal people's local paper. To use the sports section, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see people I don't like, I'm going to wrap it up in yeah. that. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm very stringent with it now. Um, living in a heavily built-up area like yes. Bondi, there's no there's no excuse for you know leaving dog shit on the pavement. But uh, when I was growing up, it was my job to walk the dog. Mm-hmm. In our household, basically, I'm five years older than my brother. Yep. Don't want to sound jaded here, but I had all the jobs <laughs> and he did bugger all. <laughs> but well, that's another story. But um, it was my job to walk the dog every day, which would usually either be get home from school and walk the dog before swim training or get home from swim training and walk the dog after, which was later at night. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you here. I never took a poo bag never. ever. I don't even know. They didn't have those sort of poo no, bags no. I 20 had a years too. ago. No, no. Yeah. You had like a plastic bag. Yeah. And then I had a beagle, so a bigger dog. Now I've got a sausage dog, so there's not much to clean up after. Yeah. But I just never did. Never did. Um, and it would be on people's lawns, <laughs> on driveways, on like wherever, wherever it happened. Ha- having grown up a little bit now. Yeah. Do you understand? Like if... I'd be filthy if someone did it to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember one time I was walking the dog as a kid and an old lady, uh, my dog was, you know, doing his thing and an old lady said, oh, you got to clean it up. And I just looked at her and shrugged and kept walking my dog. But that, you know, youthful ignorance. Yeah. (laughs) But now I would never. And it is disgusting. I've called people out. I've seen people. Yeah. And said, well, you got a bag. And they say, no. I said, well, you know, come and get one. I've got one. Clean up after your dog. Which is not like some, like... I, I, as I said, sometimes I've been caught short, right? So if someone asks me for a bag, or well, no issue, right? Because it it does happen or, you know, the, the bag attachments dropped off or whatever the case may be, but you have to clean it up. You got it. You, you got, got to, it. You got to find a way to, to, to get it done because it is this I live in a cul-de-sac, so it's not really an issue in my street Yeah. because everyone that comes there lives there, really. You know, I'm just trying to think, who is who is the mystery pooper? I'm thinking... She said Aaron Woods lives in the area, didn't he? <laughs> he does. He doesn't have a dog anymore. We Do we name and shame? We used to walk our dogs together sometimes. Okay, Who said anything could be out of dog? <laughs> <laughs> but where the where the signs? I'll see if um if my wife is bothered to go take a photo at some stage while we're still on air, we can yeah. put it on. So um, what did it say? If you poop, you I think scoop. it's if you poop, you scoop. Or if your dog poops, you scoop. Something like that on the corner because on the corner of my street. And um, where, where this guy lives, it's it's a busier street. Yeah, it's not a main street, but it's a, a thoroughfare for sort of the area. There's a school at the end of that street, so it does get a, a little bit busier. He's an old guy, and his lawns are immaculate, and his house is immaculate. Oh, he's got the sign. It's he's got the sign. sign. It's not a council sign. It's outside his house. All right, Aaron Woods. That's where you aim the next <laughs> one. Uh, all right, the Powerball, 150 million. It's jackpotted. It's on tonight. So we've gone from 100 million to 150 million. I keep wondering, what do you think their revenue is? To take it from 50 mil to 100 mil. Would it be the full, would they make another full 50 million in the week of people buying Powerball tickets? 26 well, that, bucks a ticket. They'd make more. You think they make more than $50 million? Probably. So if they got the, the big Powerball ticket, which Ben was saying is like locked in the main number, $26. So let's say they sell a mil, million of those. That's the power hit, a million of those. That's 26 mil. The other ones are $6. Think they think they're selling that many tickets? Well, they must. The lottery's not going broke. Yeah, far out. So are you gonna would, buy? I might buy a ticket. You're gonna buy a ticket? Which one? The twenty-six or the six? What's the difference? The twenty-six you have locked in the Powerball. So whatever that Powerball is that night, you're guaranteed that one. 
Okay. And then you just have to pick the other numbers. I don't know. Whatever's the easiest option. 26. 26. But it costs $26. Yeah. $26 for, I, I, what would the odds be? One in a million? Less. Are you going to have a crack? No. Well, what about your $90 million house? Well, you'd be better off, you well, know, opening up the sports betting account and putting a... $26 in? $26 on a <laughs> 10-leg multi. You would be. You would. You're not going to win 150 mil. Well, that's why the odds you haven't are seen the multis. I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can pump up some pretty good multis. Well, let's talk to... We'll, we'll do a sports bet across this morning. Let's see if they can get us a multi that will turn 26 into 150 mil. You see some map, you see some big ones. They would have seen twenty six dollars into a million, I reckon. If you had to put twenty six dollars on Leicester to win the premiership mm. and they're paying what were they, two thousand to one or something like that. Um, all right. Uh the heat overnight. Let's talk about it. Uh we want to hear from our listeners. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Were you at the game? What did you make of it? I mean I felt the effects of the game, trying to get from here, from doing the run home, back to Bondi. Oh, truckers. The traffic from Moore Park. Apparently, there was a concert on there as well at the well, same 43, time. 43,000 at the game last night. 43,000. That's pretty cool. What's a sellout at SCG? That'd be there close. Thereabouts. That would be close to there it. Thereabouts. Um, all right. If you were at the game, give us a call or a text. one 300 If you're a Queenslander... You've got one hour with us before Heels comes on to gloat. Give us a call. Rub it in. We'll listen to you. one 300 Queensland villains, MC. Mm. They've done it again to us. But I want to talk top five Queensland villains of all time. Okay. Villains that have broken our hearts over the years. I'm going to go. I'm going to give you a couple of nominations straight away. I'm going to go straight to rugby league. And I'm going to go straight to state of origin. Yes. That's, it's easy to take your mind there. People that I grew up watching breaking my heart every year that just pissed me off. These two are going to be pretty obvious. Number one on any list, I think, Justin Hodges. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That time when they put up the bomb and they fly through and smash Kurt Gidley yeah. and then Justin Justin Hodges is just mouthing off galore. Like, oh. There was few things in life I took greater pleasure in than watching Darcy Lussick <laughs> punch the absolute piss out of Justin Hodges. Yeah. Oh, it felt good. <laughs> yep. Darcy. If you're listening, reach out. <laughs> Big fan of your work. <laughs> the second one, uh, Sam Thide, yeah. for similar reasons. As a New South Wales fan, nothing to do with, uh, both for both these players, nothing to do with their time at the Broncos or Justin Hodges at the Roosters, although I did love when Willie Tonga absolutely touted him up for the Roosters. <laughs> but um, those two players for me were like the face of the Queensland eight in a row. Not because they were the best players, because they're the biggest grubs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm Do you gonna, have anyone to add? I'll, I'll throw a couple more. Nate Miles. Yes. In that mix yes. of what you're talking about in that era with his big head. Mm. Um, getting big in. head being pushed into other players' Correct. faces. Yeah. Getting in amongst it all. An underrated one's Billy Slater, I think. Just yeah. his style of play. like He's got a bit of niggle in him. He had a bit of niggle in him. And now he's doing it to us all over again <laughs> as a coach. This time a lot more poetic than what he was as a, as a player. This time it's about the bushfires, Ooh. the cyclones, the floods, and we're <laughs> Queenslanders. <sighs> but uh, sorry, sorry, Brisbane fans, uh, Brisbane listeners. But um, any others? One more, Gordon Tallis. Yeah, okay. But I'm a bit scared to say that because he still scares me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, he's a big fan of the show as well, so he'll be listening. He's... Um, 
and having I, I didn't know Gordy at all. Having done some work with him on three sixty last last season, mm. he's such a nice guy. He's one of the great. He's guys, such isn't a he? fun guy, but he still has this intensity in his eyes when he tells you a story. It's like, mate, you could eat me at any moment right now. Yeah. And I think the Gordon Tallis thing stems back from you know the way he left the Dragons um, into just becoming the most damaging player in the competition and and that um, infamous Brett Hodgson tackle. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I remember him for. He's probably slightly before my time. Um, you know, a big one for me used to be Cameron Smith mm. until I met him here at SCN. Yeah. And he was the loveliest guy. And so I've got to take him out of that conversation. Yeah. He's too nice. He's a nice guy. He's too nice. Yeah. Too nice. So he can't be one of my most hated. I haven't met Justin Hodges or Sam Thiday, so I can keep them in but there. But I've kept Gordy in there, despite being a really nice guy. Yeah. So but he we, was he was that aggressive on the field that I think he can separate the two. Yeah, okay. Whereas Cameron Smith was pretty clean skin on the field even. I know he had like, you know. He had a few things going on. What they call him, like the third referee <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But um, he's just that nice of a person. Uh Kevin Walters last night was uh, here on SEN and he was talking about Adam Reynolds' injury. Now, this was pretty funny. I listened to this one. Here's, here's the audio. Now, Adam, of course, will be flying business class, so his legs won't even be able to touch the ground <laughs> in that business class seat. Yeah, right, so I can stretch out. So he'll, he'll, he'll be able to stretch out. Uh, probably fit two Adam Reynolds in the Alpine body and be able to get in there with him, those two fellas. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's fine. It's a bit of pot kettle there. I don't know. Kevin's, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's feet will be touching the ground either. But has there been any more on Adam Reynolds? Well, Is it serious? Well, I don't. I think he, he'll be fine. Like yeah. he, he'll be right to play. But interestingly enough, just on Adam Reynolds, he was slated to come as part of the the uh, promotional blitz to Vegas. Ah. And then his fitness levels probably weren't quite where they needed to be, um, so they pulled him. So they sent Billy Walters. Billy instead. Walters instead. Is that nepotism? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Billy's nepotism. Good. Billy's good. Billy's good. He was good. I'd never met Billy, but he he was he was a good time, Billy. Interesting. Um, so, um, does this bring into question? Will he be able to get in the shape he needs to by the start of the year, or is is he? He knows how to manage enough? it. Yeah, he yeah. can manage his way through games. Now, he's, I don't think he's ever been the world's greatest trainer or, or, or the fittest. He's never, you know, relied on speed or anything like that. It's his gotcha. gamesmanship and his awareness that, that gets him three games now. So it won't be an issue. Yeah. All right. Big show coming up today, MC. We've got Australian Olympic champion rower Alex Hill. The Olympics just around the corner. Of course, the big story at the moment is the athletes are getting sent home straight after they compete. Uh, looking forward to having a chat to Alex. Uh, Mark McGaw who's recently reprised his role on Gladiators. So he did used to be one of the Gladiators. Hammer. Now he's the ref. Mm. He's the, I think, back in the day, was it Mike Whitney was the referee? And then Bill Harrigan when they had another crack at it. Yeah, right. Have you watched any of the Gladiators? I haven't. Okay. Well, we'll talk to Mark McGaw about Gladiators and a little bit of rugby league. I've got Australian NFL player Aaron Sipos. I've got SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips. And Scope, Justin Horry is going to come and talk about the upcoming nine tournament, nines tournament this this weekend. Uh, pretty good lineup for mm. those. Uh, is it RLPA team ish? Not I know sure. Clint Newton's going to play as well, so we'll play, chat with him. Nice. Yeah, huge show today. Uh, we're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now, we're with our Queensland listeners right now, MC, and <laughs> let's give them a little bit of a chance to gloat. Ian Healy, 
Boom. <laughs> Morning, came fellas. Running in. Yeah. Big smile a on his face. Step. We're not sure if he slept or not, well, but talk to his you, heels. I know you told the producers, do not let him in. Here. <laughs> I just burst in. Pick him up, boys. Pick your bottom lips up. And uh, the underdog got up again. Again. Hey, Brisbane. Actually, I did think yesterday when we talked on, on our breaky show, we talked to Ladbrokes at the, you know, the odds. Yeah. We were two dollars ten, sixes were a dollar seventy. I thought there's a bit of value there. Absolutely. We, we got a good bowling attack, haven't we? And then Brownie half got away and, and had to work very hard at the top of the order and did it, got himself a fifty. So yeah, yeah, I was happy enough at half time. I thought hundred and sixty seven. Uh, well I, I couldn't get too greedy because at the start I said, Oh, I'll take one seventy. Yeah. Yeah. And we got one six seven. I felt, Oh, we might be a touch short. But bit <laughs> bit nervous early, like the, the Even it, halfway point I was looking they had to fight, which made it a good final. Yeah. Like you have to win parts of games a couple of times and, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, when we lost our first week, Jimmy Pearson gone and McSweeney and Brown working really hard yeah. against, you know, Abbott was bowling really well. Mm. We know O'Keefe and Dorsius go through us most times every when we play them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a bit tense. And, and then they, they fought their way extremely well. They all chipped in. Without a lot of game time, some of those boys. So uh, they should be well proud of themselves. Renshaw was huge as well, just oh. to sort of save that innings at the end. That last six was pretty important, wasn't it? In yeah. the last last over, Xavier Bartlett running himself out unselfishly so that yep. Renshaw would stay on strike. Uh, that, they ran unselfishly on the last ball, you know, yeah. and ran and Renshaw gets run out. But the six he hit in that last over, it gave, gave them a bit of breathing space, I reckon. Where were the... Party celebrations that were they? <laughs> did you escape know. or did you hang around? Yeah. Have you had any text messages, yeah. phone calls? What's going on there? Yeah, I've had text messages and uh, photos. Okay, but it's all only uh, nice, calm stuff with their medals. You know, okay. they, they yeah, still yeah, haven't yeah. even got a beer in the shop. Okay, yeah. so it, it came through about uh, two o'clock. Yeah, so the boys were still in the room. So um, and they would probably be uh, yeah. I don't know what time it is. Two o'clock Brisbane time. Whatever my phones. <laughs> <laughs> the watch, watches on one thing, phone on another. Yeah. Hoping I don't sleep through. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they look pretty reserved. I'll get out of there without going over to the, the their end of the ground and uh, beat, I didn't really beat the traffic. I still got stuck in traffic, but yeah, gee, the crowd piled out, didn't they? Were they allowed in the secret? Very disappointed. Were they allowed in the secret SCG room? We've heard about this room now where you knock on the door and the, this is for the test site, MC. Brisbane Heat allowed in? I don't know. It's in the away room. See, we're over in the away room. Maybe that door, what? What? Where is it? Is it? Um, I'm not the sure. The old well, days, the Brett boys. Lee, Brett Lee spoke about it. There's a cellar room underneath the Australian dressing room, so the home dressing room. So Binger would have been in there for New South Wales and Sydney Sixers as well as Australia. Ian Chappell tells the story. You know that they'd had tallies, tall bottles of beer in those days. They'd get a dozen a day. That's it, and. And they'd bring the journos in and everything. They'd all share them and everything. And when they run out, they stomp on the floor down to the cellar room and more more get delivered up. <laughs> there you go. So, Can we do that here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you've I've just been stopping coming. Fletcher's put a hole in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon the heat would have given it a test. <laughs> they might have found a new room or made made a new room. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're good boys. They're pretty in, They're pretty young and inexperienced and they, they deserve to be proud and they'll, they'll uh, enjoy it for a long time. All right, Heels. Well, you're going the big lift this morning. If you're listening in Brisbane, Heels is going to join you at 6 a.m. SENQ 693 a.m. Uh, you'll be on with Pat. Uh, he's he's well slept. Uh, he's rested, so he's ready to do yeah. the show. You're just going to join in.
Yeah, I've got to find out what happened in the tennis shit. And, uh, it's, uh, Again, missiles, your man. A few, <laughs> a few turn-ups out there, eh? Yeah. Alcaraz, uh, when I got home from the cricket, Alcaraz was, had just lost the first test. Yeah. set, 6-1. Yeah. Yeah. And he was nowhere. And uh, he tried hard, so uh, it didn't quite get there. And uh, the girls are... Bit of an unknown side of the draw there. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's all going to hold up this weekend. We're just uh, here to talk rugby league, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've <laughs> got a question for you from the Port Macquarie Pearl. So after all those grand final losses for Queensland at the end of the last year, he said, uh, ask Hills <laughs> if it feels weird for a Brisbane team to actually win a final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only Origin had a final, eh? <laughs> 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 no, nah, it does feel good. It feels really good. 2024 is a different year. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news. The Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers at SCG last night. Still four balls to come in this over. Sock got it. goes for the slog, and he's out. The Brisbane Heat win. BBL 13 convincingly at the SCG. Poor Socky. His last moment in a cricket, in a professional cricket game. But it's not his job. It's not his. At least he, he got out gone on, for the slog. If he had got out clean bowled, that would have been worse. I think he finishes on 99 with BBL wickets. Yeah, I heard that on the commentary last mm. night. That's a shame. Uh, all right, we want to know this morning, who are your top five Queensland villains of all time? one 300 to give us a call. And if you're up there in Queensland, you're joining us until 6 a.m. Queensland time. Give us a call and gloat if you want to. We've had heels in, chairman of the Brisbane Heat. Obviously, he's quite happy. Give us a call. You can gloat, but New South Welshman, give us a call. Tell us your Queensland villains. I've thrown in Justin Hodges and Sam Thide. You threw in... Nate Miles and Gordon Tallis. Nate Miles and Gordon Tallis. We need to fill that fifth spot. The final test of the summer gets underway later today. Join Jared Waitley, Damian Fleming, Ian Healy, and the SEN cricket team for every ball of the Brisbane day-night test live from the Gabba from 2 p.m. Sydney time. It's going to be a bit different seeing a day-night test at the Gabba. Yeah. We, we've never seen one before, no, have we? We have, yeah. We have? Yeah. At we've, the Gabba? We, have we seen a day-night test? No, fact check that. Here we go. Fact check. I'm going to say yes. News. Can someone let They're us know? They're always in Adelaide. It was Adelaide every year, day-night. Mm. All right, do you do your googling? Uh, Nick Curios, <laughs> Nick Curios has contradicted his own newspaper column in which he said he was considering <laughs> retirement. He now denies he's considering retirement. Hey guys, so I've woken up today and realised about some articles going around saying that I'm retired and I'm not going to play anymore, and I just want to just clear it up like it's absolute nonsense. Yes, the last year has been tough with injury, my knee, my wrist, but I'm hungry as ever constantly rehabbing in the gym you know part of the reason why i'm commentating and doing all these things around ao is to still feel that fire and still be a part of it so i just want to let everyone know all my fans i'm coming back stay tuned but there's plenty left in the tank don't stress what was the article should we unpack that a little bit later. Yeah, Because okay. there is a lot to unpack there you know, with, when they with talk Nick about as there is. Sharpest tools in the shed and, mm. the, and the like. I'm a big Nick, Nick Curios fan. Love his work on the court, but he is dead set a rubber it's, mallet. It's Matt, <laughs> it's, it's Matt Burden areas for flat earthers. <laughs> oh, don't upset me. Matt <laughs> Burden's one of my favorite players. That hurt me watching <laughs> that video. Uh, all right. It's time now for a special guest. Uh, we've got Olympic rower Alex Hill joining us live. Welcome to Summer Breakfast, Alex. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. No dramas. Now, what are we, six, seven months out now from Paris? Uh, you must be just about to hit the water up there, are you? Yeah, no, I'm not, not far now, so I'm on the home stretch. We've got our selection trials coming up in about five, five, six weeks' time, so we're all all trying to get ready and prep for that before we um, you know, know exactly what boats we're in heading overseas. How do they do those selections? I know... Um, Having grown up around the New South Wales Institute of Sport and speaking to the rowers, there's always there's always a little bit of uh, controversy around how they pick that team. What's what's the plan and how, how do they do that? Yeah, so basically we spend a week of of seat racing, um, all different combinations for each different boats, and you know the, the selectors and coaches, I suppose choose choose you know, which athletes suit so well for each different boat and um you know it can be a pretty pretty grueling week um by the end of it but um they kind of have a bit of a rough idea because we we train here in Canberra as a whole squad um so they've already got a rough idea of what works and what doesn't so basically that week's just to you know finalize finalize their that what they've kind of seen over the last couple of months and, and then track forward from there. Just in terms of your uh, Olympic preparation you when do you actually leave uh, Australia for that? You're going to spend a, a few months on the road. How do you get yourself prepared um, mentally, I guess, for all that time away? Yeah, so that's a big one. I mean, we're super lucky that with the AIS have a, a European training facility in, in Varese in Italy. So we leave basically in May um, and head over there and, Head over there for about three weeks before before the sorry three three months before the Olympics and we've got two World Cups that we're competing over there so to see how we're tracking for how we're tracking for everything and see what we need to improve on and get better on and all that sort of stuff but yeah we've got yeah, basically three months of of training hard over there and in our final prep um, which is always a, a really good spot to to, to be in um, over there and we're super, super lucky to have that. So that's a AIS tra- training center in Italy, um, which is pretty unique in itself. It's a long stretch away from home, though. Are you allowed to take partners and children, or is that at your own expense? Oh, that's that's pretty much at our own expense. Um, I suppose you know before the before the Olympics, we try and hone in on you know being like being with ourselves and all that sort of stuff, and it can be tough sometimes, but we all all get through it together, which is which is um, which is good. All right, most of our listeners won't be able to understand uh, times, distances, you know, out on the water. But a lot of them have been to the gym and have rode on the ERG, which is the row machine MC in the gym. I know about it. You know the ERG. (laughs) All right, Alex, you're the world record holder on the ERG, setting a 30-minute world record where you belted out, and this is ridiculous, 9,632 meters in 30 minutes. Now, for our listeners at home, think about that. 30 minutes on the erg, almost 10 kilometers. How is that? Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough test. It's a bit of a funny one. You know, had, um, we hadn't really done that test for a, for a long time. We got a, a new coach this cycle who started bringing the 30 minute test back in. So, but I was uh, close to, to the German scholar, Ollie's idler. Um, and so yeah, I was close the first time we did it and I thought I'd give it a good crack on the, on the next one, so on the on the, yeah, the next one we did, and I finally got it. So it was a uh, was a pretty good, good feeling to get that one. It's a um bit of a kind of test, but it's uh 
definitely cool, cool to have a world record on the erg, that's for sure. It's a bit of a marathon. We do a five-minute test at our gym, and the lactic acid levels after five minutes are ridiculous. 30 minutes, what was the body feeling like halfway through that? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely screaming, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah, it is a long way. I mean, I suppose the you know our, our normal race is roughly around six minutes, so... So your five-minute test would be would be roughly what what, what we'd be feeling during a two k race. So um, that's, that's definitely a, a, a higher burn, I suppose. But the one for longer is is yeah, definitely something else as well. All different different kind of levels. Now, Alex, uh, as a rower, you guys have a very similar program at the Olympic Games to to us swimmers. Usually, you guys compete first week at the same time as the swim team. Um, the rowing team usually a very successful team for, for the Australian Olympic team as well. Uh, now, this news about athletes being sent home as soon as they finish competing. And let me just say, first off, from a swimmer's perspective, we don't get to go to the opening ceremony because it's too close to competition for us. I, I imagine a lot of the rowers would be in the same boat. So the only chance that uh, people like swimmers and probably rowers get to uh, experience that is the closing ceremony. And a big part of being an Olympian is experiencing that second week. You know, there's sponsored events, there's parties, there's going out and watching other sports and supporting your teammates. How do you feel about this news that now athletes are going to be sent home the day after they finish competing? And this is specific to the Australian Olympic team. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is a bit of a shame, I suppose. You know, we're, we're exactly the same as you swimmers. You know, we, we, we have to compete the day you know, the day after the opening ceremony, so we don't get to experience that and all that sort of stuff. And I suppose, you know, even after, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to experience Rio, um, which was amazing, obviously. And then obviously the Tokyo Olympics is a lot different, you know. So for 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 us to have to head home a day after is, is a bit of a shame, but I do understand, the, you know, what the AOC is saying. Um yeah, I mean, I completely understand. You know, it's it's. I believe it's a matter of uh, capacity, kind of thing, and um, you know, I suppose we're getting out of the way of other athletes that are competing, which is the main thing, I suppose, in the end. Um, so yeah, I completely, completely understand where they are coming from, but it, it is a little bit of a shame for, I suppose, the people who haven't, who haven't experienced the Olympics in its entirety. So, that's for sure. do you and your teammates plan to? S- stay over there on your own um, coin after you finish competing or are you going to come straight home as requested? Well, I think that's the plan. I think we're going to uh, we're going to try and get a bit of a place to all stay together and on our own coin kind of thing because we're allowed to stay there and um, stay there for the closing ceremony. So we're allowed to head back into the village for the closing ceremony and enjoy that and then head on the plane back with, with everyone else. So that's the plan at the moment. It's embarrassing. I'm not an athlete. Right, obviously quite clear, but that's embarrassing. The fact that um, you guys work so hard to to get to this moment, and then you have to spend your own coin to hang out. Imagine around. getting an Airbnb right now and trying to find something in Paris that's during in, the Olympics. That, that's, that's so that, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> that's all right, Alex. You let you let us you let us fight the cause yeah. for you. <laughs> if I get my way, you're going to be in that village one way or the other. Uh, all right. Thanks for joining us this morning, Alex. Uh, good luck on the road to Paris. Uh, gold in Tokyo. Let's bring it home with another gold in Paris, hey? Awesome there. Sounds good. Thanks for the chat, guys.
Beautiful. There he is, Olympic champion Alex Hill and world record holder on the ERG. Uh, this chat with Alex Hill, thanks to Mate, $20 off for five months with Mate Internet. Use promo code SAVE20. We're here, as always, for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. The text line this morning, 0457 736 736, or give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Uh, the text line is lighting up this morning, MC. Plenty of nominations mm. for Queensland villains. Yeah. Off the back of the Brisbane Heat last night. Again, another Queensland team winning something. Although they did lose the grand final, the NRLW, <laughs> the AFL. But we won't hold that against them. Uh, villains. I said Justin Hodges, Sam mm. Thiday. You said? Uh, Gordon Tallis is was one of mine. And Nate Miles was the other. Shout out, Gordy. Hopefully you don't cross paths with MC. <laughs> Yeah, you will. And our 360 again. Oh, who knows? Look forward to that. Yes. Uh, Andrew says the original villain was Wally Lewis. Nice. He has to be included. Mazza. G'day, fellas. One of the greatest Queensland villains is Michael Hancock. That's a good one. That's a good one. Michael Hancock is a good one because he was just the way he used to flap and kick his legs when he used to get up and play the ball was a punish. Yeah. Yeah. And he, was it? No, it was Terry Hill that did the fake throat injury. <laughs> similar Hill. type players, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh Steve, the Colton Bulldog says, uh, James and MC, my Queensland villains are number one, Nate Miles. Number two, Justin Hodges. Number three, referee Barry the Grasshopper. Pre Thomasal, my time. Do you know who that is? Before my time too, Before Barry Thomasall. But um, there are, let's say there were some dubious decisions that went against New South Wales. Okay. Number four, Alfie Langer, after he flew back to help with the third <laughs> state of origin game. No, you can't hate him for that. Well, Steve does. Uh, number five, Billy Slater. Uh, also, as a shift worker, I missed Trady's news in a nutshell this morning. Can you ask Dan what Chris had to say about the weekend NFL games? I'm uh, going to talk to him about that tomorrow on the show. So be listening tomorrow morning. Beautiful. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle says, when Justin Hodges got knocked out, I was calling for a public holiday. I owe Lusick many schooners. That was a sentiment shared by many, many <laughs> New South Welshmen. What about one for you here, Miss Holt? Hey, Miss Oll, there's no num- a name on this, but please leave your name. Do you think the track and track and field athletes have to go to Paris a week later? If not, very unfair. Very interesting question. I wouldn't imagine so because that would disrupt their preparation, right? Like they need to get in and get um, acclimatized to the village. As swimmers, we get in, say, three, four days before the swim meet starts into the village so you can get used to the beds, the walking around, the food hall, all that sort of stuff. So I, I wouldn't imagine they'd get in any later, which means they basically get the full Olympic Games in the village and get to do the opening ceremony and the closing ceremony. As they should. Yeah, as they should. Yeah, yeah. I'm not holding it against no, the athletics course, team. Like no, That's how it should be. Yeah, that's of course. How, yeah, yeah, of course. That's how right. the rest of the world works, MC. Yeah. Every other nation stays there for the full... Games, opening ceremony, closing ceremony. It's called the Olympic Games. It's part mm-hmm. of the experience. Whole of, of it. course, it's. How was the food hall? Amazing. What was your go-to? Amazing. One of the absolute highlights. I mean, the first week you're super healthy while you're swimming, and then the second week you just. Well, this goes for the food hall, the parties, the everything. You just treat your body like a theme park, really. Yeah. Just go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask what you did last night. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of text messages here. Number one trader, Greg Inglis. That's from Andy. Yes. And the Wilton Raider, uh, Chris Close. 
before our time. Choppy close. I, I remember Choppy on the sidelines giving the finger to the New South Wales. Was that when he was coach or player? Nah, he, he was an official then. Maybe team uh. manager, potentially. Yeah, he was on the staff, though. Yep, throw him in there. All right, keep sending us through your Queensland Villas, 0457 736 736. We're here for Brighton's Lears. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lears. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast with MC and the Missile this morning. It's the 25th of January, 2024. On this day in history, in 1924, take you back 100 years, the first Winter Olympics were held in France. If you can tell us what city they were held in, one 1170 uh, you'll win a Signet Power Bank. Uh, all right, in 1952, Richie Benno. Made his test debut for Australia against the West Indies at the SCG, eventually playing 62 tests and, of course, went on to become the voice of summer. Two for 22, New Zealand. Was that Richie Benno or was that 12th man? <laughs> it was Richie Benno. Uh, in 1961, the animated film 101 Dalmatians was released in America. Spins me out these Disney movies and their timelines. Because, mm. you know, when you're growing up as a kid and you're watching all of these, you think they're recent. I think it's Snow White or something is from like the 1930s or 40s. It's insane. I haven't seen 101 Dalmatians. What? What about the more recent one, the Cruella de Vil one? Never heard of that. Really? No. Oh, give it a watch. I'm not much of a Disney well, you're, guy. No, well, you're about to get into all of it because your kids will start watching all these Disney movies. My soon. wife can't wait for that because it's never been my thing. Yeah. I, I, went and, I don't watch kids movies. I saw Beauty and the Beast show the other day. Yeah, good. It was yeah. Former Bulldog, Willie Talao, what a great player, was born on this day in 1976. There's the line. El Stewart. Bodies in motion. Smith. Here it is. Here it is. Willie Talao goes to power. 48th birthday today. Bulldogs fans listening to that and reminiscing. That was Ricky Stewart, Darren Smith. Hazem El Masri, Willie Talao, what a lineup. That must have been about 1999, I would say. Uh, and Alicia Keys, born on this day in 1981. She sold over 25 million albums and singles worldwide and won nine Grammys and still isn't as good as Willie Talao. <laughs> if you're listening through SENQ 693am in Brisbane, we now say goodbye. Patton Hills are up next. If you're listening to SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, plenty more to come. Stay with us.